Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. And it's it's been a while, but we're back, and um, some of you have been trying to avoid me, I think. I'm not going to take it personally, but I will. I could mention some specific names. I won't. <laughs> but we got Josh McMahon, who's a longtime resident of Fisher's, longtime member of the ward. Yes. So how long have you lived here? Uh, it'll be 17 years uh, this uh, June. Wow. So, so almost multiple decades. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, where'd you guys come from? So um, kind of a long story on that. Uh, before uh, here at Fishers, we were in Arizona, okay. just, uh, west of Phoenix, for about a year. So that's where I started my uh, logistics career right out of college. All right. Uh, before then, um, we were at uh, BYU-Idaho. Nice. Um, it wasn't called BYU-Idaho at the time. Um, for one semester, yes. Nice. <laughs> it was still Rick's College, but... Uh, um, uh, Started the year in uh, 2000, winter of 2000 is when I started school, uh -huh. um, right after my mission. And um, then that summer of 2000 is when they announced the change. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. So it seems like it was much more recent than that, but yeah, maybe it I'm does. older than I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So logistics. Um, what got you interested in logistics and, and what does that mean? What do you do? Um, so what I do right now, um, I've been with, uh, Hitachi Ostimo, uh, which is an automotive manufacturing, uh, part manufacturer, um, primarily for Honda. Mm -hmm. Um, we do have some other, com um, original equipment manufacturers or OEMs that we make parts for, but I've been there for 12 years. Uh, my responsibility is um, the uh, logistics or the flow of materials from our suppliers all over the world um, to our multiple plants that we have here in the United States. So whether that be by ocean or truck or rail or air, um, anything short of uh, a handcart, um, you know, that's my responsibility. Nice. Um, but I got into it from, um, I've always had a, a love of, for cars. Okay. Basically th anything that moves, right. if you will, that has wheels or wings on it. Um, grew up having a, uh, fun time with some of my friends. We tinker on cars and my dad taught me how to, uh, uh, how to rotate tires. I worked in a tire shop growing up, um, in high school and in college. Um, and then in, um, uh, for my studies, I got a bachelor's in automotive technology management. Um, so I always wanted to work for, I had a goal to work for an automotive company. Okay. Um, out of college, uh, I got hired with Knight Transportation, which is a, uh, nationwide, uh, truckload carrier. Mm -hmm. Um, started with them in Arizona and, uh, I was like, well, you know, this could work. I could get my, uh feet wet in logistics because every manufacturer, um, every automotive manufacturer, any manufacturing for that case has logistics involved in right. you know, supply chain. So got my feet wet with that. I uh, was in the truckload sector for about um, four or five years. And then this, uh, and that's kind of what prompted us to move out here to Indiana was uh, my company, or Night Transportation. I was able to move out here uh, relocate. My in-laws were here at the time. Okay. Wanted to be kind of closer to them for 
a while because uh, we had been close to my family who lives back west most of the time. And, and there was also a, a good, um, you know, if I wanted to pursue my master's, which I still hope to sometime, mm-hmm. um, there's some really good uh, supply chain schools out here okay, in good. Indiana. So um, moved out here, uh, so relocated here with night transportation and um, this uh, opening came up a couple years later um, at the company I work for now um, and hired on with them. And so I've accomplished the one goal I have of working for an automotive company. So nice. Um, yeah. So I was, um, I swung by your house last week and uh-huh. um, because Kate's birthday was 19th. Was it? 19th. What was yes. it? Monday? Tuesday? Um, it was Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did my uh, chocolate cake delivery and I just pointed out to Marcin that you can tell he's got a connection with Honda because you got all these Hondas in the driveway. Yep. So um, supply chain has been in the news a little bit lately. So how's that affected your job? <laughs> um, um, job security, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so it has uh, impacted it quite, quite a bit. Um, fortunately, we have, um, I've got some partners that have helped us really get past the, uh, the bottlenecks and um, helped us keep our supply chain flowing really well. Mm-hmm. What's really been a, um, uh, but we, we, we've had to been really flexible with a lot of things. So we've tried some new trade routes that we haven't done before. Okay. Kind of, um, so typically we'd come in through the, you know, our containers, ocean containers, we'd come in through the West Coast um, and then deliver to uh, Chicago via rail. Um, but we actually went down to uh, Manzanillo, Mexico okay. um, uh, by vessel and then uh, uh, truck to, uh, um, from the port there in Manzanillo to um, a warehouse in uh, San Luis Potosi, uh, Mexico, where uh, the container was then um, transloaded into a truck and then delivered up to our our uh, distribution center in Greenfield, Indiana. Okay. So um, I sure hope I'm not uh, losing anybody here on the podcast with all these uh, <laughs> logistics <laughs> we'll, we'll terms. But, uh, there or something. <laughs> um, so uh, fortunately, my, my partners, uh, uh, transportation providers, have um, very helped us tactfully with a lot of things. What really hurt, um, fortunately, though we budgeted for it, but what hurt a lot of companies was just the extreme rising costs that it uh for transportation um you know from asia to um greenfield or just asia to to the u.s if you will uh, a 40-foot container uh before covid in 2019 was about um a thousand a thousand five hundred dollars um you know give or take um now uh at the height of the pandemic you were looking at um, costs upwards of uh, twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars, just for one forty-foot container. So obviously, the cost more than you know, you know five, six, you know, more times cost than than usual, mm-hmm. and so that put a lot of um, you know pressure on the uh, on the importers, a lot of manufacturers. Uh, yeah. So it was a it was a pretty ugly time. So the cost went up, but also the um didn't the didn't it get harder to, for parts and things like that because of manufacturing? Was it mostly in China that that affected the? the... Yes. So so yeah. I mean, a lot of um, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of uh, 
purchasing comes from from China. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of escalated the whole deal uh, was China shut down at COVID. Right. Um, and then they started to open back up, but at that time the U.S. shut down because you know we, we were in the heat of it then. Yeah. Um, and then when everyone was at home, work from home and everything else, uh, everyone said, "Oh." I, uh, and the stimulus checks that came out, uh-huh. everyone said, uh, oh, wow, uh, my exercise equipment is getting old. Yeah. Or I want a new desk. I want a new monitor. I want this. I want that because I'm going to be working from home now. So um, at that same time, when the U.S. started to come back online, because there wasn't much coming from China, all the steamship lines, the ocean carriers, took away um, a lot of capacity. They just... Oh, okay. um, uh, put it up, you know, uh, kept it from going out. And, um, so when the U S started to come back online and started ordering all these things, um, all the, for home improvement and whatnot, uh, it, uh, there were, uh, the, the, the ocean carriers only put in vessels as needed to meet demand. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> obviously supply demand, right. Uh, you know, so rates went way up. It got to the point where they eventually put almost all the vessels back on the water, mm-hmm. and there still wasn't enough capacity. Wow! So it wasn't until um, you know uh, probably about eight nine months ago that um, consumer U.S. consumer confidence started to, to decline, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, inflation and so forth. Right. That orders have started to decrease quite a bit now. Rates are back to where they were even lower than 2019. You're about uh, instead of fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars in 2019 for a container. You're down to a thousand dollars. Wow. So it's been all over. The, so yeah. I, yeah, a little bit of job security. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely. How everything's been changing. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So and um, so, are you working from home? Or are you going into the office, or is it a hybrid? Um, it's hybrid. Um, okay. I can go into the office whenever I want to, um, but I am, there's a requirement to go in on, on Wednesdays or, or once a week. Mm. Um, other than that, it's work from home and flexible schedule. Nice. So, so how do you like that? It, it's fine. It's nice to, um, I mean, it's, there, there's pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to make a lunch whenever I go in on Wednesdays. So I'm like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to make <laughs> a lunch every day, right. you know, right. Um, but, um, it's, uh, it is working from home is, is a treat. Um, you know, you, there's, there's no commute you have to worry about. Um, though mine's not too far away. It's like 25, 30 minutes, you know, one That's way. That's not, no, not bad. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes things can get a little bit loud at the house yeah. and, um, have to, um, maybe sometimes, uh, find ways to, uh, keep, uh, the, the kids from being part of my uh, conference calls and stuff right. like that. But uh, so you got three kids. Yes, three boys. Mm-hmm. So boys are sometimes loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a little bit. <laughs> so talk a little bit about your family, about your boys. And... Hey, yeah. So I'll start with uh, Shari, again, okay. my, my wife. So That's we. How, um, how things started, probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we met at BYU Idaho. Um, we were at uh, Award Barbecue. Um, she was behind me in line as we were st- standing to get um, in line to get uh, hamburgers hot dogs, whatever they were, they were, um, had there at the opening, um, part of the school year barbecue. And, um, I stepped back a, a few steps and bumped into her and we started talking and, 
and um, ate, uh, decided to go eat with her at uh, her table with her roommates. Okay. And uh, which one of her roommates I knew um, uh, previously from um, a um, organization that I was part of there at uh, at the university. It's called Rick Sticks. It was a drum line. Okay. Um, and we just kind of hit it off, went on a couple dates, and um, uh, she decided to uh, you know stick with me and uh, said nice. this guy isn't too bad after all. <laughs> uh, so that was in the um, fall of two thousand. Uh, we got married in June of 2001. Okay. At the Bountiful Temple. Very nice. And beautiful um, temple. Yes, yes. It was a beautiful day too. Uh, blue skies. Um, you know, it was uh, you know, seven brides for seven brothers. Say when you marry in June, you always be a bride kind of kind of day. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and then um, our our our, for our oldest, Cade. He came along about a a year later. Um, he is now uh, 20, just turned 21, uh, like we mentioned previously in the podcast. His birthday was just a couple of days ago. Um, he is a Star Wars fanatic. There are a few of those Star Wars, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you walk into his room and you think you entered uh, George Lucas's uh, you know, own private <laughs> nice. uh, collection of uh, Star Wars. Um, he loves Legos, especially Star Wars Legos. Okay. Um, so he's got the Millennium Falcon. He's got a, a, about That's a every complex one. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't built it yet. He says okay. he's saving that until he uh, moves out. All right. Um, but he's got about every type of uh, clone trooper, Star Wars helmet type of oh, wow. uh, in the Lego set. Um, and he's in. He, he's going. To take, he's taking classes at. Uh, yeah, IUPUI? he's at IUPUI. Okay. Um, he is studying psychology. Nice. Um, he will be starting. He just finished his. Well, he's finishing his junior year. Be a senior, obviously next year. Nice. Um, so. And he's doing most of that remote, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he hasn't had to take one uh, class yet on campus. Nice. Which he's very excited about. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his senior year, though, he may have to go on campus. Okay. Um, but uh, so that's uh, that's Cade. Um, Layton is our ginger. He um, has a bright orange hair. Um, deep, deep orange. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, he is 18 years old. Um, Layton is a gamer. He loves to play his games on the computer. Um, very loving. Um, all the, all my boys are, uh, but, um, they, uh, he, he, he loves to, uh, also hang out with his friends. Um, and, uh, he loves candy. So. What's his favorite, what's his favorite candy? Um, it depends on, on the time of day, but, um, he loves to get like the, um, the child's play uh, bag of candy, which oh, okay. has got Tootsie Rolls and yeah. Tootsie Pops and all those sorts of things. After he eats about half the bag, he brings <laughs> it outside to the rest of the family and says, I can't Finally eat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, that's him. And then uh, Corey, is, um, he is 17. Um, he loves animals. Okay. And um, he's the one who hangs out with the llamas, right? With the llamas, yes. Um we have, uh, because of Corey's love of animals, and we, we all love animals in our family, but um, we have uh, three cats. Um, we have a snake, a ball python, um, and we don't have a llama yet. That's uh, <laughs> Maybe on the horizon. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, but uh, Corey, um, uh, he's part of a, a co-op that um, uh, has about... Uh, 30, 40 llamas in it. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, it's just near the Westfield area. And he's able to go up there and um, uh, walk the llamas. Um, he's There's one assigned to him. Its name is Timmy. Um, and he can go up there and help feed them and um, uh, groom them and uh, take them on walks and just kind of uh, a way to uh, something to do, take care of an animal, yeah. uh, responsibility. Um, Corey is a person with autism. Okay. So for him, that is uh, something that is very comforting, something yeah. that's, that's fun for him. So That's great. And uh, yeah, we were talking to him about it a few weeks ago and, and he just, he lit up. Yeah, when he was talking about the llamas and yeah, yeah, he uh, he loves his llamas. Uh, all my family members, when we uh, or my siblings, when we um, and my parents, we do a a Zoom call every other week because they all live out west. Uh -huh. um, they always ask Corey about the llamas, and um, everyone knows Corey loves llamas. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, how'd you guys find the the llama co-op? Because I, I was surprised when I found out that yeah. there are several llama farms around the Indianapolis area. Yeah, well, Corey's very skilled with uh, Google okay, and um, knows As how to find are. things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he just started looking up uh, different uh, uh, entities or companies or um, organizations, if you will, I guess, that, yeah. that might have something to do with llamas. And there is this one, and supposedly from... What he's told me, it's um, one of the largest in the U.S. is wow. just right here in Westfield. So that's cool. So he goes up there on a pretty much daily basis, right? Pretty much. Yep. Nice. Yeah, and uh, been up there with him a couple times. Um, Shari goes with him most of the time. She's received the training to be able to go in there with the llamas and nice. and uh, help him with that. That's so cool. I just uh, stay behind the fence and and watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to so, be just a, uh, an amazing experience for him. Yeah, he really likes it. Uh, he um, it is it really puts a smile on his face when whenever he's there and, and gets to gets to see him. There's a a, a, a a llama that's about a year old that his name is uh, Tucker. Okay, and uh, he loves Corey. He sees him whenever he sees Corey show up, he starts running towards him and and uh, kind of wants a hug, if you will. Yeah, and uh, very. It's 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 great. So that's got to be fun to watch him and just how he, he responds to them and and yeah. he's learning responsibility and learning yeah um, some of those some of those skills. Yeah, he just tries to avoid getting spit on. Yeah, <laughs> has he been successful? <laughs> For the most part, okay. um, you know. And, and on that uh, uh, note, uh, yes, it's true that llamas spit. Mm -hmm. They will spit at you directly if if you're not if they're not happy with you, but most times you get hit with spit if it's usually between you're in the crossfire between two llamas spitting at each other uh, okay yeah so that's usually the the case <laughs> so um you just uh, uh gotta watch your back if you will yeah so watch where you're walking that's yeah i can see that that would be important yeah <laughs> that's good. you mentioned the drumline so talk a little bit about your experience with music how did you get into it and and what are your talents and interests yeah. Uh, so I owe my musical skills uh, and um, likes, if you will, to my mom. Okay. Um, she taught us how to play the piano. Um, she had a lot of patience. Um, she uh, started on her own teaching us how to play. Um, and then she, you know, handed us over to, uh, when I say us, my, my siblings, and mm -hmm. us over to uh, uh, piano teachers. Okay. Uh, some of us stuck with it. Some of us didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad I did. 
uh, but uh, in high school, I was uh, I was big into music. I, I was not in band for some reason. I, I still can't figure that out why, but it was mostly because I wanted to go snow skiing all the time and so forth. But Good trade-off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so I learned how to play the piano. So where'd you grow up uh, again? Uh, Central Idaho. Okay. Uh, McCall. All right. Is is where I was in my teen years. Was Idaho. Yeah. Um, and uh, so in high school, I uh, was I was really interested in the drums. Mm-hmm. So I talked my mom and dad into and let me buy a drum set when I was a junior. I think they sometimes probably regretted that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but we had a three story house and part of it was in the basement. And uh, so they stuck me in the basement, uh, which was fine. Good. Call. Um, and. Uh, Got um, had some friends that were uh, big into music as well too, and um, so we started a band, mm-hmm. um, much like the Wild Stallions, if you will, like on Bill and Ted's, uh, and <laughs> that may date you just a little bit. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were called I have nothing to do with the name, um, and the, it's not a bad name, so you don't have to bleep me out or anything. But it's a <laughs> okay, good. Uh, civil disobedience. Okay. Um, I would not tie myself to that nowadays, but um, <laughs> but we uh, played every uh, you know genre of music that we like to play was basically seventies rock. Okay, um, you know Beatles. I was a huge Beatles fan, still am. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we just kind of played around, garage band kind of deal. Never signed a record label or anything like that, which was fine. Um, but uh, fast forward a couple years, you know, off my mission, I sold my drum set. Haven't had one since then, but got into uh, learning how to play the guitar mm. a little bit, um, and uh, also I, I enjoy to enjoy playing the organ as well too. And so. um, talk a little bit about the difference between piano and, or- and organ. Piano and organ, not the same thing. No, the only thing that really kind of puts them in the same scope, if you will, are, are keys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the organ uh, it requires a lot more, in my opinion, a lot more skill. Yeah. Um, there's foot pedals that you can use. Um, there's multiple different manuals, which means the different keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never actually had any training on how to play the organ. I just kind of tinkered around with it myself. Um, but it requires, uh, you know, there, there's different types of, um, um, sounds or stops is what they call to make all those different sounds. Um, and it's called the king of the instruments because it can, you know, uh, it can imitate about it, almost any any kind of instrument out there yeah. uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, one day I would like to, I, I have a bucket list to, to get some uh, lessons or something under my belt because mm-hmm. I, I do cheat a little bit when, I, I'm, I'm, when I'm up there on Sundays playing for the ward. Um, I don't use feet pedals. Okay. I just use a couple stops that make it sound like I'm not skipping notes or make it sound choppy. So, because it does, it, it can sound choppy if yes. you're not if you're not playing it smoothly. Yeah, exactly. And um, I I have poked around a little bit on the organ. I was um, several years ago. I can't remember. I think it was 2016. Um, our stake sent a cluster of people to Philmont uh-huh. for the uh, LDS training that they do there. And um, maybe I'll have Jeff French interview me for the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell the story. <laughs> but um, I, I got to play the keyboard, which was closer to an organ than a piano. Uh-huh. And it is uh, it is not the same animal. No. It's similar, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is yeah. not the same thing. 
yeah, and and uh, Shari has been a, a a great help and support too with the with the musical side of things. Um, she is pretty musical herself, mm-hmm. quite musical actually. Um, she sings very well. Uh, was in a jazz choir in school. Okay. Um, and uh, tinkers around on the piano a little bit. Um, she um, loves yeah. So she's she's really helped the boys try to. Try to get involved in music. Um, Cade played the violin for a while. Um, Leighton uh, attempted the trumpet a couple times. Um, Corey likes to play the radio. Um, it's a good one to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, o- overall, I think music has been a very big uh, influential part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's uh, in many ways can help uh, bring the spirit into the uh, into the home. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I love classical music as well too. Okay, um, just a big fan, especially the the Baroque and classical eras. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's a good way to stress release and uh, just kind of fun fun to do. Yeah, I like the fugues. Yeah, and those are fun. Um, sometimes it just <laughs> oh, it just gets you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, tingles down your spine. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. And it's just, I, I just think of how, how brilliant some of these composers were. Uh-huh. So um, I had a thought, now I'm trying to remember what it, what it was. Um, talk about the, some of the callings that you've had. Right now, a calling doesn't identify mm-hmm. a person, but, but you've been um, in some similar callings mm-hmm. for a while. So what are your callings right now? Um, so right now, like, like I mentioned, uh, uh, accompanist is what they have on the ward roster, but, uh, the organist, um, and then a Sunday school, uh, instructor. Um, that's a lot of fun. So you uh, bounced before Sunday school, you were, Sunday uh, school with the, no, you were elders quorum, weren't you? No, I, I was, yes. Elders quorum instructor for a bit. Um, and then, uh, before that I was in with the young men, um, uh, deacons quorum, okay. um, had your son in there. Yeah. He's- um, Goofball. <laughs> uh, and then previous to that, I've also held callings in the uh, elders quorum president back in college, um, nursery leader when Shari and I were first married. Um, um, what else? Uh, I've been an instructor several times. Yeah. I think is probably most of, most of my callings. That's what I, and that's, it seems to me that you were teaching and i can't remember what the, the order but you were teaching sunday school and you went to elders quorum or elders mm-hmm. quorum to sunday school or something like that yeah it was um the priest or uh, deacon's quorum where i was one of the teachers or, or an assistant i think okay. is what it was so i taught there on the sundays and then to the elders quorum and then to sunday school um and i was also um executive uh no not uh, financial ward clerk okay. um, back when uh, bishop Kennard. That's a was uh, yeah, so we uh, we moved here when we when we moved here it was the um, we attended church the first Sunday after they had split the Fishers and Noblesville ward. Okay, and I remember, yeah, because yeah, when we moved here we were in the Noblesville ward, uh-huh. and then they split. Noblesville became a branch, and we were mm-hmm. the Fishers ward. Yeah, so you've seen a few changes. Oh yes, you've seen. Yeah, okay. So you were part of the Fishers, the original Fishers ward, uh-huh. and then were you when Fishers first and second split? Were you in the first or second? We've always been in the second. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we were just on the other side. We were in the first for a while. And sure. Yeah. Came back. 
Yeah. He came back to the true ward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are, those have been my callings, um, for, for the most part and, um, everything that I can remember. So, um, uh, but Sunday school is, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I think I enjoy teaching and, um, especially when it's about the, you know, about the savior and the yeah. gospel and, and everything and just to try to get, uh, members, you know, involved and get a discussion going. So I don't sound like a, a lecturer. Right. So. So what do you do um, to prepare for you? Because you've had a lot of years of experience um, at, in teaching. What do you do to, to prepare for having those kinds of discussions so that it's not just a one-way, sure. you spitting out facts and, mm-hmm. and ideas? So I, I first or, thought... Or maybe this is just a pitch for you to say, here's what I want the ward to do <laughs> to prepare. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Um, I'd say the biggest thing, first of all, is I got to understand, okay, what, what are we learning about? Mm-hmm. And so I will on like my commute to work on Wednesdays, I'll listen to, um, I'll play the scriptures that are uh, for the lesson. So mm-hmm. get them in my mind and I'll start before then, before Wednesdays, but, um, you know, read them, um, listen to any talks that are associated or part of the uh, related content. Mm-hmm. And then just throughout the week, uh, just try to put myself in the shoes of, uh, of the members, uh, of the class, class members and say like, okay, and no, I, I don't know everyone's personal circumstances, right? but, um, you know, maybe there's a comment from a ward member from a previous week that I can maybe, um, you know, ponder upon that, see if there's some way we can address that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in for the lesson I'm, that I'm preparing. Um, and, <clears throat> I just want it to be um, an opportunity for those who know a lot to those who don't know much mm-hmm. um, to be able to, the, you know, hopefully the spirit is there. That's the most important thing. Yeah. In my opinion is if I'm prepared that I don't, then I don't need to fear mm-hmm. that, that the spirit's not going to be present. Right. So. And um, I'll say as a, as a participant, I love, I love the, discuss- the discussions that we have and mm-hmm. we have, um, just a tremendous range of life experience. You've got people that are um, new and growing in the gospel, and you've got people that are have uh, lifelong membership in the church and uh, significant past experiences and callings and things like that. And really, there's a a great interaction as mm-hmm. as we teach each other and edify each other so it's been it's fun to be part of those classes oh thank you and uh and for all those listening i appreciate those who uh (laughs) who uh who participate so it's greatly appreciated Mm -hmm. so yeah and i and i think a good uh, a good teacher can make a big difference in a sunday school class yeah so so i appreciate what you bring thank you (laughs) the classes i appreciate that um when you're not teaching sunday school (laughs) or Uh playing the organ or driving once a week to work. <laughs> what are some things that, uh, that keep you enter- entertained or occupied? What are some of your uh, hobbies? Sure. or? Uh-huh. So um, <clears throat> one thing I really love is the outdoors. Okay. Um, I grew up, like I, I mentioned previously, uh, snow skiing, so mm-hmm. alpine skiing. You've got that on, um, your, uh, on your yeah, sweatshirt? Yeah, yeah, on my ski Idaho, <laughs> uh, for those who can't see my hoodie. Um, so do a lot of that dad took us hiking fishing a lot growing up so that was 
it was a lot of fun. He grew up in that area, and so his, his dad and his dad and his dad, and so it was a lot of family history there. Um, but uh, he he helped me understand and learn how to appreciate the land, mm-hmm. um, and uh, greatly appreciative of that. Um, so I, I love to be outdoors. Um, I also have a love of reading, okay. uh, good literature. Uh, so I have to thank my mom for that as well. Um, Moms are pretty influential. Yeah. So I love to read. Yes, she, they are. Um, so I love to read uh, Charles Dickens. Okay. Um, so a lot of those kind of uh, novels. Um, I also enjoy uh, just tinkering out, uh, playing on my guitar, mm-hmm. um, or just you know the piano and so forth. Um, I also enjoy, um, you know, going on on dates with Shari. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really love the uh, Cheesecake Factory good place to go <laughs> yes uh so doing things with her and, and um and with the boys um we uh another thing i really you know cory loves to fish so do some fishing quite a bit and then i also love to um uh play uh I, i'm not super good at it but i like to play golf okay um that that's kind of a fun Activity I like to do, I don't get out and do it very much except in my yard. Mm-hmm. I just like to chip around a little bit. Um, I'll play on a course occasionally. Um, and I do like to uh, run. Sometimes you may see me running around the, the neighborhood or, or out on the streets to, you know, to stay fit. Um, yeah. To, um, you know, it also helps um, with mental health and, and so Absolutely. forth as well, too. Yeah. Um, Sometimes getting... Um, just a, a an outside, um, I was going to say perspective, but that's not really what I'm saying. But just getting out, yeah, um, it can that can be a great change of pace. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Um, it, it is it is very helpful. Um, the older I get, though, it seems like the less I want to go running, but I still try to push myself to go out there. <laughs> uh, but those are, you know, I also I think is some of the things I I enjoy doing. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. So where do you where do you like to fish? So we uh, go to the White River. Um, we'll go to uh, Sunblessed Apartments and, okay. and uh, fish around in there. Just a couple different spots mm-hmm. um, wherever Corey wants to go. Okay, basically is is what we'll do. That's um, fair. Yeah, <laughs> let him kind of lead. <laughs> yeah, he caught his uh, first smallmouth bass of the season a, a couple of weeks ago. I was real okay. excited about that. Fun. Yeah. So his, his dream is to, um, or at least what I understand is to uh, catch a big flat head catfish that, uh, you know, weighs like 50 pounds. It's like some river monster. That's, that's that what be. he hopes to do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, a story to tell. Yes. Yeah, it would be. Um, so hopefully, uh, he's able to do that here sometime soon. Uh, that it doesn't pull them in the river. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, hmm. Yes. (laughs) Might make for a better story if he gets pulled in. (laughs) That's right. We'll have to come back and do a a part two. (laughs) So um, you talked a little bit about uh, your, how you met Shari and and, um, the, so it was just under a year from Mm -hmm. when you met to to when you got married. Um, And where was she from? So she um, kind of uh, kind of moved around. Okay. Um, she's born in Utah, uh, lived younger uh, childhood in uh, Texas, and 
uh, California, mm-hmm. but uh, and then our teenage years in um, Maryland and Pennsylvania. Okay. So when we met, her folks were living in uh, just out uh, suburb of Philadelphia. Okay. So. And then they were out this way when you guys moved out here? Yes. And then uh, after we got married a couple of years after we'd been married, they moved to uh, Carmel. Okay. And uh, her maiden name is Alexander. Some people listening may remember um, he was uh, a counselor to uh, President Sinclair. Uh, Cliff Alexander is his name. Uh, but um, we were here for about a year, then they decided that they wanted to move again. So um, they moved to uh, Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland is what she kind of claims. Okay. So. All right. Now, are they still in uh, the Dayton area? No, they uh, moved to uh, Denver. Okay. Uh, which I think is where they're going to stay. Okay. So Denver um, beautiful. Yeah. So just north of Denver a little bit, a suburb of Denver. And uh, um. So that's, uh, yeah, um, that's where uh, she grew up. Okay. Uh, that's kind of her story. Fun. And um, I was going to ask you, and I forgot, when, um, with your supply chain work, do you get uh, to travel much? or? Um, just... not, well, I, not, not too much. Uh, I think, um, you know, COVID had something to do with that a little bit. Um, I did get the opportunity, though, about five years ago to go to Japan. Fun. And that was yeah. with work? That was that was work related. Nice. Uh huh. So I went over there and um, was there for a, a validation of sorts by the U.S. government. Um, there's a you may be familiar with it being with FedEx, but uh, CTPAT. Um, it's a uh, uh, it's a, a counterterrorism uh, program that importers and and carriers and so forth can be part of mm-hmm. uh, to help protect our. Uh, it was a result of 9/11. Yeah. Um. So it is to help protect our. Uh, borders from terrorism and and so forth. Um, And so the U.S., uh, since uh, we're uh, my company is an an affiliate or or part of that program, um, they do a validation, the U.S. uh, Customs Border Protection, about every four years. Okay. And they can choose any of your suppliers or even one of your own locations. So we went to one of my sister plants in um, Miyagi Prefecture, Japan, and um, was there for about a week doing all that. Nice. So, um, great place. Loved it. Yeah. I uh, love the food. Some people hate it, but <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was a little eating, bit different than here. Yeah. Um, kind of got, um, used to uh, seafood on my mission. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, this was a little bit different, but, uh, enjoyed it. Got to see some of the sites, got to meet a lot of great people that I work with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just wonderful people. Very nice, very loving and very, very giving, and uh, go out of their way to make sure that you're comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah. So where'd you serve your mission? I served in the Bilbao, Spain okay. mission, uh, the same as the Jensen's. Nice. About 50 years later, I'm just kidding, Jensen's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that you're probably about right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was there from uh, 1997, December 97 to December 99. Okay. So I am dating myself. So but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> We just we just age and become better. Yes, yes, that is for sure. So, have you used your Spanish at work? Yes. Um, so after my mission, um, I, like I mentioned, I worked in uh, I, I was in Rexburg going to school, and there was a you know a lot of um, migrant workers there, mm-hmm. and I worked in a tire shop, and there was a couple uh, workers there, 
And um, so I spoke with them a lot. Um, oh. And then um, I have a couple brothers from their missions, experiences that speak Spanish. So uh, I speak to them uh, occasionally um, when we're on the phone or so forth. Um, and then currently in my current job, yes, um, I, uh, we have a plant in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I have some, uh, um, associates there, fellow associates that I will, um, you know, email them in Spanish or at least partly because not everyone that's on the email chain is, can speak it. So, right. or read it. So, but if I do have the chance to talk to them uh, over the phone, then I'll do as much as I can in Spanish because I don't speak as good as I did 20 some odd years ago. Uh, but I feel like I can still hold my own. You know, I could go travel there to Spain or Mexico and still feel like I could get around. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, it's, it's been a great blessing. It's, it's a great gift. So, yeah. So, um, what are one or two notable experiences that you've had that have kind of made you who you are? No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say one is um, EFY. I went to EFY my right after, like a day or two after I graduated high school. Okay. Uh, it was a gift for my parents for graduation. Okay. And so I'd never been to EFY before except for just the regional one. So this okay. one was at BYU. Nice. This was the, the big daddy, yeah. EFY, if you will. Um, and people go, uh, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And, uh, so that whole week, you know, it was, it was fun. It was, um, a little hard to get engaged sometimes in some of the silly activities they do there. Um, but, um, overall at, at, at the end of the week, I, we had the testimony meeting and just felt an overwhelming love for my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And just right at that moment, it's, it's kind of where I, Phil, I gained my testimony that cool. the church was true. And um, so that moment, and then another one is the um, uh, the, the passing of one of my brothers. Okay. Uh, that I've mentioned a couple of times in church talks and um, and um, in Sunday school lessons, but uh, his name's Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the oldest, and so he was number three in line. Okay. Um, his passing helped me realize how fragile life can be mm-hmm. and um, helped me just be much, much, that much more grateful for um, my, my, my wife, mm-hmm. for my children, um, for my extended family. Yeah. Um, and, um, and for the for the savior and for the the plan of salvation. And so, with his passing, which has I think been almost six or seven years now, um, every time I see a beautiful sunset or um, something of that sort, I think of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he did truly bring a lot of happiness into people's lives. He was um, he was a great man. I'm looking forward to seeing him again someday. Yeah. This, that, uh, that testimony can be really comforting. Mm-hmm. That um, this is just temporary. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
So, so I'd say those are the two things. There's, there's many other things, uh, but those are the two things that stuck out in my mind. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Ken. It's been a pleasure. It's been, it's fun. I've known you for a lot of the 17 years yes. that you've lived here, and it's, it's uh, been fun. Uh, as I've had some of these podcast conversations with people to get to know a little bit more about people that I just have known for so long. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being willing. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. Over. Thank you. And, I appreciate uh, it. Thanks for sharing um, some of those elements of your testimony. Yeah, you're welcome. So for everybody else, we'll be back again. Maybe, maybe even next week. Who knows? <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward podcast. Please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.